Welcome to The Coda, a musical podcast that is also the internet's number one Nickelback resource. To note, we're also a great way to end your work week. I'm Brian Hasty, and joining me as always is the Travis Tritt to my James Woods, the David Bowie to my Mick Jagger, because we always dance in the streets, Rob Christofferson. Hey, Rob. I don't appreciate that white ra- that uh, uh, right-wing reference there, but, you know, uh, I'm here. You, you had to go there, didn't you? You had to go. Well, there. you know, it's it's topical, right? Because we want to an- like, announce this to the audience that we are indeed back after a, like a sort of like summer hiatus, right? Like a summer vacation. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. And uh, I can't wait to get uh, blocked by Travis Tritt online. It's uh, now a goal for me. Let's. You know what? Is this a new uh, coded challenge here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, All right, like let it, let us both try. Okay, yeah. The most passive way that you can get blocked by Travis Tritt. Uh, to, it, it, right now he's going on the resist hashtag to block people, so I think it's going to be relatively easy. But we'll see how long it takes for each of us to get blocked. Um, the one that gets it in the uh, fastest time wins. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's. This is a new coded challenge for the next uh, episode. We'll regroup and see where we're at uh, in a couple weeks from now. But yeah, as I mentioned before, we are. Uh, we took a bit of a, an unintended hiatus, but uh, we are both back, and we decided to sort of ease our way back into things. We kind of do like a like a dear mom, dear dad type of letter from camp, where we talked about uh, the music that we enjoyed this summer and how camp is going. Right? Did you ever go to a summer camp as a kid? No, I was not a summer camp kind of kid. The closest I came was uh, t-ball. And, uh, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, t-ball didn't last that's for sure <laughs> uh have you ever had any proclivities to like uh try like normal baseball i failed to make the high school baseball team three years in a row so i think my major league dreams died when i was a sophomore in high school that's fair i on my end uh my mom forced my sister to go to a tennis day camp for a week each summer what yeah, there's like a there's a day like a tennis day camp uh, um, in the park like near the house we grew up in. So we were always forced to go for a week because that way uh, my mom had a break from us for like a full week. <laughs> so- <laughs> but the best part about that is that a normal session is two weeks. So my mom had to haggle with the head of the day camp to get a like a one week rate. Oh, my God. So um, how's your backhand? It is actually surprisingly good. So uh, during our hiatus, I actually recently played some tennis with my mother. So she is a chain-smoking seven-year-old French-Canadian woman. Uh, and we actually did better than the teens next to us. So I feel like I retained some of the uh, things I picked up at, at tennis camp. So it wasn't like an all a bad experience. It's the unlikely duo hitting the courts and showing those young ones how things are done around uh, Quebec. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, apart from that, I never had to go to sleepaway camp. I didn't want to. I don't ever think. Though the funniest one ever is a friend of mine who does not listen to the podcast, so I can literally tell this story, is that uh, his dad was an Anglican minister, and so he got sent to uh, like Christian Jesus Day Camp, like uh, sorry, sleepaway camp for like two weeks of summer. And then um, his whole goal was to like break a rule every time he was there. So he would like convince younger campers to like kiss <laughs> And violate the rules and things like that. So it was just like it was a very intense game for him uh, to never have to go to camp again. He figured the best way was to mastermind a lot of these like weird campaigns of fear. 
Yeah, and I think like the movie Heavyweights kind of like really cemented in all our brains what summer camp should be and how how it could break bad. And I do, <laughs> I don't think uh we've looked at summer camps the same way, you know, before or since. Uh, it, I'd also lump I'd also lump in like any kind of uh, sort of camp. Like remember the the Maury Bad Girl camps, right? Like yeah. the readjustment camps. So I I feel that there's a, a connotation for like any sort of like camp that it's like you are being punished for bad behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I uh, like uh, it was last year for the other podcast that I used to do. I was reading about uh, this one camp. It was an all-girls camp, and some people got abducted by aliens. So I think the moral of the story is fuck camps. Just just fuck Yeah, them. yeah. This is like the, the sort of like the thesis statement we're making. Like, never mind the music. Just like we are anti-sleepaway uh, camp. How do you feel about the idea of a day camp, though? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good way to like drop off whoever it is to get them out of your hair for a day. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with that, you know, especially if they take dogs or cats or something like that, just get them <laughs> the fuck away from me for a day. And it's, I'm good. It, it's, it's like the human version of 100 got junk. Yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> So as you just mentioned, uh, you've said goodbye for now, or perhaps forever. We're not quite sure uh, to our strange guys, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you fall out of love with something that you do, I've got no problem walking away from it. That's totally fine. <laughs> but you and I have taken up a new passion, you in particular. So we are both involved in a tabletop RPG um, uh, project, I guess, right? Because I guess that's the best way of, of calling it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's called the uh, Esoteris, uh, the actual... Uh, name of the podcast that is to come is called The Order of Podcasters. I myself play a coast-to-coast like radio host named Myron Dripchin, just the the best name ever, over the top, all the way. And uh, Brian, you play a process server named Norman Johnson, which is just, correct. Just fucking, just fucking great, you know. Just completely uptight, uh, kind of like you know, if Brian was like dialed up to like maybe eleven, this is <laughs> this is Brian's character. And as I mentioned uh, to you privately, Rob, like your George Norrieisms are like super on point. So I'm super excited to see where this campaign goes. So you can find that over on Twitch whenever we do stream. So that's about once a month. Twitch.tv slash TechnoFunkBoy. Uh, Paul Little is our uh, uh, game master. I want to say dungeon master, but we're not dungeoning right now. So No, we are not. We are not dungeoning. Uh, also, our other player with us jennifer taylor she uh plays a character named misty showers it's it's great it's it's really great she likes to peel out in my mom's minivan it's it's so wonderful (laughs) out of context that's the best line of all time exactly so the uh topic at large this week is um yeah, some music that we listen to over the summer, as well as a couple of albums that uh, we pull out, no matter what feeling or mood we're in, that, you know, are kind of like our best friends, in a sense, or really good friends that you can always just have hanging around you, right? So I would love to hear what you've been listening to this summer. Well, you know, we all got surprised here um, this this summer, and one of those surprises is, uh, you know, Swifty, she was in the studio during quarantine, and... Uh, she decided to come out with like her version of a lo-fi record, you know, it's called Folklore, so you know, trying to sell a concept, you know, just from the title right off the bat, but I think what Folklore reminds me of and why I keep coming back to it is um uh 
the the song "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town." It reminds oh. me of like. If we got to learn more about that woman's life and how she became the person that she became, she got a lo-fi haircut, she put a little red on her lips, but, you know, it's it's the full story of the elderly woman behind the counter in a small town, and, you know, I think Swifty, she went from, like, probably the perfect record, because, like, when we did our uh, obligatory year-end episode last year, when, you know, and it was our second episode, which was great. Uh, it's the best, like, newbie move <laughs> ever. And uh, you were talking about Lover, because that was your number one album, and you were like, yes. I can't find any flaws in this album. Like, th- with Folklore, it's a little different. She's, like, stepping into different skin. Like, yeah, she, she worked with uh, Jack Antonoff on uh, a lot of this, but she also worked with um, you know, a couple of uh, offbeat producers here. I mean, do you go to Bonnie Vare and say, "Hey, I just want to work with you"? You know, like I'm, I, I make pop songs. Let's let's do this thing. And uh, she also worked with uh, one of the members of the National. And uh, I think, by and large, this is a, it's a good album. I think it's a little long, but beyond that, like, you know, there's just some great great fucking songs on here like the the last great american dynasty is one of those songs that yes. utilizes that uh radio head drum beat uh kind of percussion thing that they did on in rainbows and like they there's no denying it they really literally ripped it off from that album and put it in this song and it actually works pretty well because like it all the the this these guitars almost sound like a drum beat, which yeah, I hurt. absolutely I think that is the the highlight of the album for me. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely up there. You can't deny Exile as the like duo fucking banger of the summer, banger of the year. Like that's a you're calling it a banger of the year already? Yeah, it, dude, it's a fucking banger, man. All I, right, Rob, we got a couple of months left, but we'll see. Uh, it's listen, it's a sad banger. I'm not gonna lie, you know, <laughs> like you definitely get those like lost at sea vibes. And- I love how you just qualify that. You're like, listen, it's not. It's technically like ba- like it's the banger, but like in in the front of it on a in a tiny type font, it's like sad. Yeah, it's a sad banger. I mean, there are sad bangers out there. I mean, uh, if you want the epitome of sad bangers and songs for losers, I mean, you can't go wrong with Creep by Radiohead. But uh, in this case, I think uh, Exile, you know, just two people fucking up. Fucking up, and let's just, you know, write a song about it. And it's a beautiful (laughs) fucking song. Uh, You know, uh, other... Highlights, Mirrorball. It's another great fucking song. I enjoy that one. Uh, this Is Me Trying. Another great fucking song. Right. I'm really sad, though, because This Is Me Trying is also the name of a William Shatner song. Yeah. which uh, from, from his album with Ben Folds from like 2005. So that's what I was hoping is a cover of that, and that would have been amazing. How do you think Ben Folds thinks about that album, you know, in retrospect now? I hope he likes it. There's a there's also like the wildest song of all time, which is William Shatner and Henry Rollins doing. I, I think it's called "I Can't Get Behind That." And yeah, it's just them ranting, and it's it's so incredible. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty goddamn amazing. Um, but you and I were both talking about how we felt that uh, folklore was a little bit too long, which is why for me it's a great album, but it's not a contender for album of the year. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still you know if we if we go with the same format this year that we went with last year. It's probably not going to end up in my top three, but top ten, yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a little long. 
but I like those elderly women behind the counter vibes, and <laughs> I, I vibe out to that. And you know, I, I've probably listened to it at least fifteen times. It's it's nice to have friends that hype up stuff that you enjoy when you yeah. enjoy it. It's not when they hype up stuff that you hate. Uh, I would also say that new Charlie XCX uh, record that came out during quarantine that she worked out on yes. on quarantine actually. It's just a bit better. Just a bit better in folklore. It's actually a pretty good album. So, uh, you know, the quarantine bangers, they're they're happening, and they're pretty goddamn good. I actually, like, 100% agree with you on, on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy that record. Uh, on my end, my first one, uh, um, I'm sad to say I've become kind of a living stereotype, Rob. So my uh, first album of the summer for 2020 is Lamb of God's self-titled album and it's because I use it when I'm doing physical activity and I think I've become one of those gym bros who listens to like Rage Against the Machine even though Blue Lives Matter are you a living montage right now are you a Almost, living yeah, yeah you're Almost. a living workout montage I can Almost. see the fucking you know Rocky training montages <laughs> in the back you know maybe something a little bit nerdier because you got the glasses and you can pull that off but well yeah yeah the, the funnier thing to me is like it's kind of true because I tend to do a lot of like uh, um, steep uphill walking so like it's almost like doing the steps yeah yeah absolutely so I, I mean it's totally fitting and I I've gone to philadelphia and walked up those stairs and let me tell you it's a hike pal it's a hike so when uh this is all over i think i need to do that mm-hmm. you definitely need to do that i think i need you to need climb those to stairs see the rocky statue yeah you do I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my wife like listen like i we we all have like bucket lists and mine is to do the rocky steps and the rocky statue and you better just deal with it um i'm paying for everything let's Let's just uh, go ahead and uh, visit Philadelphia. Yeah, you got to uh, be prepared for the anti-vaxxers. You're going to get them there. Uh, you're going to get them anywhere in the United States. Just uh, given the climate of the United States, it's uh, it's tumultuous, but it's worth it for those stairs and for <laughs> and for the cheesesteaks. I will admit, yes. I've, I've eaten at both places, and uh, uh, I like Geno's. Geno's is good. Okay. All right. So I'll have to hit you up to remind me of uh, which two places I need to go to. But yeah, like uh, the opening track, Memento Mori. Obviously, like this album is like very by the numbers at this point in Lamb of God's career, but it's still like a variation on a theme. So it's kind of like a very enjoyable like later um, ACDC album, let's say, right? In, in kind of the same way that this is um, sort of formulaic in the way that it's kind of laid out. So like there's a six minute like um, uh, first track that kind of hypes you up. So Memento Mori and then uh, Reality Bath, which is like the third or fourth song also works. Um, Jimmy Jostoff, Hate Parade, who I have personally personal beef with is uh on this as well as uh chuck billy of testament on another song which is kind of cool to hear um but yeah it's 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 wholly enjoyable is it anything new but i i do feel myself drawn to it on a very regular basis i want to know what your Arya stark like hit list is for people that are enemies of you like just uh musicians and artists like (laughs) what is that list like do you recite it every night before you go to bed no, I do that while I'm like I'm like like lifting weights, okay, right? So I'm just yeah. I'm listening to Lamb of God, just like swearing out the names of my enemies. Okay, that's good. That's uh, perfectly on point for Lamb of God. Absolutely. Uh, my my favorite Memento Mori will always be Flyleaf, just because. You yeah, know, of course. That 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 album is probably the pinnacle of their career and i was about to say like your first love is always like your greatest love when it comes to flyleaf right oh yeah yeah absolutely and i mean you know that first album that self-titled album is always gonna have a place in my heart but uh memento mori just ratcheted it up and then new horizons uh broke our hearts you know because uh, that was when uh, Lacey left and uh she is 
left me a shambling mess on the floor. But I pick myself up every day. I dress myself. I go places and I eat my breakfast. So at least I'm keeping a routine. I'm still doing things. You can't take my life from me. But uh, I think that's a respectable first pick there, Brian. Uh, definitely respectable. On point Brian music for sure. I uh, didn't want to mention this, but I guess I will. Anyways, I've been slowly uh, compiling a list of albums that uh, an artist has in their canon after the big one. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And I was thinking about maybe doing a couple uh, of Coda like like blogs about this, right? So I have like uh, Edema, Alien Ant Farm, American Hi-Fi, Bush, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Cypress Hill. You know, just a general melange of uh of mostly rock and uh, new metal acts here listed off yeah you've definitely got a theme there and it's on point brian like uh, I, yes. i'm just gonna start calling you on point brian like that's your f- new first name is on point because okay, you're on well, point. i will i will go ahead and get a witness and just uh appear in front of a quick judge to get my name changed legally uh, yes and then i need you to do like a, a herd immunity fest only you're on point <laughs> instead of non-point and and i appreciate that i all right all right rob here's a question for you if you had to form the worst herd immunity fest uh at which like two to three like past their prime uh, like rock acts, would you see that you, that uh, didn't appear in front of the Sturgis Bike Rally? Oh. Like uh, Buck Cherry was there, uh, Trapped was there, right? So I'm just I'm just wondering on your end if there's if there's someone because I have a very like um red state rock band in my mind, and that is all that remains. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's that's totally fair. I think Trapped and is is an essential right now because they've become a meme on the internet. This uh, right wing meme, and yeah. they like to pick fights with uh iced tea and i can't wait for iced tea to beat the shit out of all of them at some point that's it's gonna be the greatest fight ever uh i've also appreciated the uh right-wing idiots that have uh now like just completely forgotten that uh rage against the machine was raging against the machine it's incredible it's it's really incredible it's like i i don't think you're listening to anything that's being said and it's funny because my wife and i talked about this the other day about how like when you're a teenager like lyrics mean the world to you like you Mm -hmm. feel yourself in these songs right yeah so it's funny to hear people who are like longtime fan but i don't get the politics and it's like well if you're a longtime fan you (laughs) should have gotten the politics yeah because their whole fucking spiel is all about politics and like we need to remind everybody that earlier this year fucking tom morello was simping for tickets sales on the fucking internet this year so we can't forget that yes also in my lineup of course fuel oh yes yes fuel absolutely absolutely and uh sugar ray just to add a little variety uh you know i do like those pop rock tunes from the late 90s so yeah i i'm I'm totally down i'm i want to fly definitely (laughs) So, Rob, tell me about your second album of the summer. Uh, my second album of the summer is an album that I return to every summer because it's kind of like the depressed person's album for the summer, and that's Young the Giant's self-titled album. And I get why a lot of people don't like it because it kind of sounds like one song bleeding through to another. But, like, in between that, there is, like, a range of emotion that I can respect and... It, it it's depression like nonstop. It's like, hey, we're in California. Let's try to make it as a band. And like, you know, they've made it as a band. They've put out 
uh, I think four albums now, and you know they're pretty solid, pretty solid albums. Uh, I don't think anything will top the first one, but like there's always a track from one of these, uh, every single one of their albums. I'm just like, I could fucking rock out to this for a while. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But uh, I it, it it starts with this with the song "My Apartment," and it's just like this like low key kind of almost lo-fi bordering fucking song. You know, about fucking your apartment, man. Fucking A. You can't go wrong with that fucking shit. And then um, there's... I think that's the toughest way that a Young the Giant song has ever been described using those swear words. I know, man. I know. And, like, you can't really get tough with this shit. But I think, like, the anthem for the depressed millennial is the song Cough Syrup. Because it's really all about... How do you distract yourself from like all the fucking shit? Because it, it, we as millennials don't always, you know, tackle our problems in the most healthy ways. I think a lot <laughs> more of them have. Uh, I think a lot more millennials have found therapy and uh, good for them. Eventually, I'll find my way to therapy when I can find a good therapist in my area, which is very hard. It's tough. It it's is tough. tough. So one of the many things uh, to get a little personal here is that I started seeing a psychotherapist um, during our break, which is one of the things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to address all of my problems in 2020, which is just like this gargantuan thing I'm trying to do in the midst of a pandemic. Super exciting to do. Um, but yeah, finding the right therapist is super hard. And I advocate it if if you can find someone. And also, unfortunately, for a lot of people is if you can afford it then like by all means like see someone if you can yeah absolutely get help if you can uh and you know are we pivoting to like the like a self-help podcast here is that what we're doing together like listen um better help you know check it out exactly check it out uh i think what i also love about this album is that the instrumentation kind of captures what like a summer night feels like when the sun's going down it's been a hot ass day and the stars are coming up and like you're in that in-between phase where like everything is just beautiful to fucking look at before it becomes you know entirely beautiful with the night sky and i feel like i'm one of those people that eventually will buy one of those cameras just so he can take shots of the milky way galaxy you know because <laughs> right. it, it, they're, they're fucking cool to look at and like uh i fucking stare at photos like that all the fucking time but uh, the in the meantime, this album kind of quenches that thirst for me. It's funny you say that because um, there's an album by this band called The Night Game, which is actually the um, it's the solo project of uh, pop punk uh, boys like girls uh, singer. I had to look this up, Martin Johnson, and so their entire first album uh, does feel like I am sitting outside and the like the the floodlights to the uh, baseball field are on, but like mm-hmm. the season has finished like weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And I really dig that feeling, that feeling of uh, there's an in-between point during the summer, and it kind of feels like you're, and, and even as an adult, I think summer always kind of maintains that feeling of there's always something that you have to go back to, but these moments yeah. are pretty nice, and I always feel like uh you know school's approaching because it's labor day today so that means school starts i think um either tomorrow or wednesday which is really weird we do we do things very weird up here but no we we do that here too do you now yeah uh so most of the places have uh, gone back either last week or tomorrow okay 
Okay, because a lot of places in the United States go back to school like third week of August or so. Yeah, so I think there's a, that's a general north-south divide. And the only reason I know that is because of uh, Mick Foley, like one of his Mankind books. Mm. And he talks about how um, he's like a big roller coaster fanatic. And so he will go to the roller coasters in the south first before school lets out. And then he'll drag his kids to the northern ones afterwards just to be able to like cover the roller coaster spread yeah that's fair that's smart that's good planning on his part it's like one of the few things i retain from like one of it like i think it's like have it i think it's like the have a nice day book oh yeah the one after the... or like foley is is god or good so yeah like, I, it's been like 15 years since i've even bothered looking at their covers so still like what probably the best writer uh wrestling writer next to maybe like chris jericho and yeah but have you read his books yeah they're fucking amazing yeah they're great uh i i think i'm gonna give the edge to mcfoley though yeah no i'll definitely give the edge to mcfoley because he knows how to tell a fucking good story uh yeah i think chris jericho likes to like tell a good joke and he's good yes, at telling yeah. a good joke and like it, it can tie into uh wrestling in in many ways like i i remember the first chapter of his uh, first book and how he, uh, him and his buddy were just like egging on Coco Beware. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's the distinction, right? So Chris Jericho is very anecdotal versus Mick Foley, which is more confessional in nature, the way that he writes. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about a man who re- literally sacrificed his body to do what he loved. So uh, you figure there's better stories about how he lost his ear, so... I feel like this is like the uh, like the Infinity Gauntlet like endgame of episodes because we talked about uh, wrestlers, we talked about emo, we talked about uh, uh, Tom Reynolds simply for tickets. Like it's a greatest hits almost right now. We're totally hitting that time stone up like really hard right now, and I I totally get it. I totally get it. Like you know, Doctor Strange is really uh, uh, an intriguing character. So, but also just a metaphor for life. Yeah, he he really is a complete and total metaphor and. I haven't stopped thinking about how it took Thanos a gauntlet to actually square up with him. So I've been thinking about that all week. I uh, I love your, your thought process behind that. So uh, unrelated, my uh, second pick of uh, album for the summer uh, 2020 is Freddie Gangsta Gibbs and Alchemist teaming up for Alfredo. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really fun album, not too long. Also um, has the song Scotty Beam, which is one of the best Rick Ross verses in the last like five six years at least i'd say and uh also like it is really fun to drive around to the song baby shit because um that bass slaps hard that bass does slap hard it slap you right in the ass yeah uh, uh yeah so freddie gibbs has been on a tear over the last couple of years like uh, his album uh from last year was just uh uh with mad lip was just one of the best albums of the year right so bandana was a, a banger and also like uh freddie's putting been putting out a lot of like really decent projects for the last like couple of years um but i feel like yeah this and and bandana are definitely like up there so far for me um in terms of like feeling like that like summertime looseness almost like you do want to hear beats in the summer oh you always want to hear the beats in the summer man like you always want to hear like that's what i remember about summer is my cousin in his shitty ass car blaring that fucking bass tape thinking he was all gangster and shit in the in the white north which um you know i don't, I don't know if it's uh that hard to notice but 
we don't have any cred up here. Uh, there's no cred to be had in the Adirondacks. But I was about to say, like, are there any active? And I'm not talking like biker gangs, but more urban like street gangs. By urban, I mean like in urban areas and not like coded word for blackness. No, no, there are the, there are you know biker clubs. That's the closest that you're really gonna get. If there are any gangs, they're from out of town. Okay, so visiting gangs. Uh, yeah, like uh, there was rumors uh, for a long time that the uh, Bosnian people that moved into the area in the late '90s were part of a a mob. But when you say like a visiting like uh, a street gang, I just picture like a like a standard like yellow school bus just unloading all these like CD characters all at once into like you know the one gas station in town. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually own uh, a lot of businesses uh, up in this area, and uh, one of them, his name is uh, Kenny, back in the, uh, probably about a decade or so ago now, I'm trying to remember exactly when I was working my uh, dead-end hardware store job, but uh, whenever I'd go out to drink with my buddy, uh, the last and like greatest kind of pastime for me was um on the way home i would stop and piss on his truck because i hated him so much he annoyed <laughs> the fuck out of me but uh so, but you pissing on things you hate is like a recurring motif like once again we're just adding to the 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 callback um atmosphere we've established here uh yeah well chuck klosterman had it coming and uh i really don't care w what anybody thinks of chuck klosterman he's trash so Chuck Klosterman, Kenny, like I want to know what your like uh, kill list looks like. <laughs> Maybe I will publish it one day. I'm still there's still some that I'm trying to remember here, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know what we so what you need to do is print it out right, but uh, get yourself a lighter and kind of like burn off the edges for that authentic old person. Like, like maybe throw some dirt on it, maybe piss on it. I don't know. Yeah, you know that's. I'm gonna think about that. I'm, I'm okay, let's really let's workshop this. That. And I'm gonna market test it and see what <laughs> I can get back from people. That'll be a great Twitter poll to just randomly post without context. Yeah, it'll be uh, be really fucking interesting. So, what is your third album, Rod? Um, because I'm a sad bastard, and uh, I think the mortality of this fucking virus has uh, kind of left me you know re more reflective and i've been i've been listening to a lot of uh of um years by john anderson it's just oh wow yeah it's just you know i think the easy equivalent is to call it the uh american recordings that johnny cash did but i think that motif has been a thing since johnny cash did it with uh four and it's become this you know, last album hurrah kind of thing. There's there's different ways that you could do it. I mean, Warren Zevon kind of went out with a bang and got a Grammy nod out of it, which was kind of interesting. You've got uh, uh, David Bowie going out with the greatest album of his the latter half of his career. And, like, Leonard Cohen is still putting out bangers, like, he died a few years ago now, and he's still putting out banger albums. But 
I, as a Montrealer, I have to abstain about my feelings about Leonard Cohen because I, for one, uh, do not enjoy most of his music. But it, uh, that's understandable. That's understandable. You know, if anyone wants to harass me, Brian Hasty over on Twitter, you can hit up the show account at uh, the Coda Podcast one word and let me know if I'm wrong about Leonard Cohen. I don't care. You you can um, let him know how un-Canadian he is about his feelings <laughs> yeah. on Leonard Cohen. That's completely fine because he's you know. But, so you and I, you are the honorary Canadian, though. So I feel like you're pretty on par with your your feelings uh, about like um the like established like elder statesman of like Canadian music. You know, between Gordon Lightfoot, Leonard Cohen, uh, Court Downey, the national treasure that he is to Canada, uh, I don't. I try not to fucks with the like mainstream content that has come out of Canada. I don't see myself listening to Justin Bieber like ever. Even but even, the song uh, the song boyfriend's a banger though like uh, go throw that on and tell me you're not like bopping your head you know I'm uh, I'm, I'm gonna weigh my options on that like <laughs> I kind of want to get a scale and put like the pros and cons and see where I'm at at the end of this right. fucking thing and just Fair see enough. where the the scale balances out because I still can't forgive you for big tip and uh, oh wow yes I completely forgot about him because he is not existent in my life anymore. <laughs> He's not existent at all. Oh no no no! He's I've unpersoned him. <laughs> is that, oh yeah, is that totally. even possible? Can you like uh, disembowel somebody completely from the earth? Yeah, well, I took the largest uh, you know uh, pencil eraser I could find and just scrubbed him out. You know what was amazing is I was on SoundCloud I think a couple weeks ago and. I had commented on one of one of his songs and how awful it was because it's kind of amazing how many people are like you know kissing his ass on SoundCloud being like oh it's amazing it's the best diss track ever and like I just said like this is trash and that's where it should be left in the trash can and there was some uh, young Canadian woman who laughed at my comment and I appreciated that because I still haven't forgiven you for making me listen to that I. Uh dear god i don't i don't know what he's thinking i don't know what well he's like 19 right so his brain isn't fully formed at this point yeah but why is soundcloud allowing this type of garbage to exist on the internet what for for some clicks man no i love the idea that you think soundcloud is like gatekeeping or you want them to be a gatekeeper like just like you know what like i we are the arbiters of taste here like you're not making well you know what he hasn't made the front page right so at least big tip is kind of being relegated to direct links only he's i think that would totally throw off his aesthetic because i think his aesthetic is more underground Please don't give a shit about me because I make trash content and uh, I think I'm the best rapper in the world. If those things don't congeal into the ooze that is his SoundCloud page, then I think it's a failure for him and he'll never go anywhere in his career. And personally, I think I hope he doesn't go anywhere in his career, but for other reasons, just because he's a trash human being. But I don't want to, you know, speak completely out of turn here. I don't want to get completely roasted by canadians after receiving my honorary citizenship but uh i'm sorry he's he's trash i i don't know what i have to love in order to maintain this you're like citizenship yeah, yeah i will i will i will email you like a list of like tenants you must okay. live by okay good um uh, you know who I'd love to go see against him? Uh, uh, my number two pick, right? Freddie Gibbs versus Big Tip, because Freddie Gibbs got into a, a pretty funny uh, fight with uh, DJ Academics, formerly of uh, 
like a show on complex all about Takashi six nine and how uh, speaking of trash human beings right mm-hmm. there. So I feel like Freddie Gibbs versus like a nineteen year old like French Canadian man would be like so thrilling to watch, just visceral to like watch the takedown. Yeah, that'd be totally great. Like I hate the amnesia that comes with uh, trash human beings when they put out like a new song or something because like six nine has had this resurgence and. People seem to want to give him like the cred for it, and it's just like, I I think you were fine in prison. You can go back. Yeah, that's perfectly yeah, like he, fine. He recorded a song with Nicki Minaj. Well, also she's problematic herself because her brother is like, like a pedophile. I think allegedly. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, but like she financially has supported him while he's in prison. Like I, yeah, anyways, like that's just a whole problematic sphere of of things going on, right? You know, there's a lot of problematic people that have been emerging since like coronavirus hit. You know, we're we're stuck at home, and it's like, let's expose these assholes. And I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people in the paranormal community that have uh, been exposed as giant pieces of shit. So, uh, you know, good on them. It's it's good to see other, in other places where people are being exposed as pieces of shit. And, you know, keep it up. Fuck you, Ellen DeGeneres. I think you're a trash yes. human being. Especially because we're recording this on Labor Day, which I think has a special significance in Ellen's situation. Yeah, you know, giving giving your employees five paid days off. Go fuck yourself, Ellen. Go fuck yourself. I've got like five hundred hours of fucking PTO right now, bitch. All because I have a union job. Don't fucking give me your goddamn bullshit. Like, I wish I had a bell that I could ring in the background when you make statements like this. Yeah, like, I want to. I want to tear up at how. Yeah, it's super frustrating being alive in 2020. Yeah, it's it's super frustrating with rich people thinking they can treat others like shit. Also, fuck James Corden. Just fuck James Corden. Hell yeah. Fuck most of, all of Late Night. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck all of Late Night. Yeah, I like Stephen Colbert. He's not Yeah, the but even then, like he's he's gone towards like the the sort of like centrist way and I don't mean like politically, I just mean in terms of like of taste and demeanor and stuff, right? Because he's got to play wide and it's it's the most boring right yeah yeah it is the most boring i uh, the one thing i didn't think people were going to rediscover during quarantine just because of someone's shitty comments was the man show and how uh, god awful that show was here's full disclosure my my best friend for my birthday one year gave me the entire run of the man show on dvd for my birthday so do you still have it it's in my storage unit are you getting ready to piss on it uh, it's uh, definitely been labeled for pissing on, and I will do it as soon as <laughs> the, the, the piss on pile is just growing in stature right now yeah. in your storage unit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like this is who I am. This is my personality. If I feel like there is trash, and I need to express that, I'm piss all over it. Fucking <laughs> piss all over it. Uh, I'm going to try and bring this episode uh, back to uh, some kind of semblance of normalcy here. Um, Rob, with your last choice for summer 2020, you went down, I went up. I picked a Montreal band called Think About Life and their album from uh, 2009 Family because it recently has finally appeared on uh, digital platforms after 11 years of being out there available on iTunes, and I have it on vinyl. It's a lovely... Uh, uh, I'd say like an indie pop record. I think you'd really, really enjoy it. Um, the opening track, Joanna, as well as the third track, Sweet 16 in particular, are like real big hits. I feel like it, it sounds organic enough. Like it, it is pop music written by an ensemble by a band um, and not like slickly produced. It, it has like the feeling of of listening to an album live and I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm so glad to see that I can now 
play it wherever I want without having to move files onto my phone, which is just a weird thing to do um, sometimes. Oh, man, all the fucking time, especially if you have yourself a Windows fucking computer, and and it's just completely awkward. It's, it's entirely awkward unless you could just directly download it to your phone, but, like, I fucking hate it. Like, you know, Death Racist finally put, like, all their shit online yes. so like why can't he, like he fuck man like frank ocean just 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 put out a you know nostalgia ultra like on on the fucking on the fucking streaming services please can you just do that i want to get the files off my fucking phone right the fuck now um there are other things that are on my phone that uh you know i can't i can't remove them because they're so good like uh I got those tragically hip, you know, like B-sides and shit. Like, uh, what the, what, what version of, uh, was it New Orleans is sinking that they play on the radio in Canada all the time? It's like a live version or something. Um, mm, that's a good question. Cause they play the studio version around here. Do they? Yes. Yeah. Cause there's like, uh, I remember reading on websites and shit that there's a version of, uh, New Orleans is sinking that they would play, um, on radio and it's this like weird ass live version that uh let me see if i have it on my phone i gotta i gotta i gotta try and find it all right well while you're i'm gonna vamp while you're doing this um uh so there are two uh, nostalgia ultra cuts from frank ocean um uh, available on spotify right now so there's novocaine and my personal favorite off the album apart from american wedding which is swim good uh the beat to swim good is phenomenal the lyrics in there are great frank singing is uh, top notch but yeah frank uh you know get those clearances done uh yeah it's the killer whale tank version of the song okay yeah, yeah. they don't uh, they just play the the album version at uh, for the like oldies rock station here okay well it's probably because you know it's a digital um service now as opposed to like you know late in the, the, the most of the 90s when you know before most radio stations went to a digital service yeah i think that's probably why they did it there's there's a couple songs like that that i remember in their catalog that they would do um I don't remember the other one right now, but someday when I have more get up and go to look that up, I will look it up. <laughs> I'm glad you made it. This one is going to be dangerous. Dangerous? The esoterrorists are starting to get organized. They're increasing in power. I expect much resistance. And the main threat? You know, the usual. Ghosts, demons, zombies, aliens... And then the greatest threat of them all. Vanity, desperation, despair. Things that drive our enemy to seek contact from the other side. Is your order of podcasters ready for this one? Always. My name is Rob Christofferson, and I'm playing Myron Dripshin. I'm Jennifer Taylor, and I play Misty Showers. I'm Brian Hasty, and I'm playing Mormon Johnson. The Order of Podcasters, available now on your favorite podcast app. Coming back to sort of like the topic that originally sparked this, I definitely put stuff like outtakes and demos mm-hmm. on on my on my phone that I can't find on a on a streaming platform. Um, I've been I don't know why, but I've been listening to a lot of like um, really shitty eighties Black Sabbath, like post Dio, post Ozzy years, and um, there have been some cobbled together like demo sessions that I find interesting, just because I think Tony Iommi's 
riffing is really good um but that's about it and i think i just need to stop you probably should there's like a yeah there's like a gig and a half of like stuff on here i'm gonna talk to your wife about that brian and see (laughs) yeah please do (laughs) yeah See if we can't, uh, you know, uh, put in place a program to stop this kind of madness. I I had a an obsession with collecting bootlegs for a while. Not like, you know, the Angelo overpaying for Alanis Morissette kind of bootlegs. Yeah, you know, yeah. Back $70 in the day. for a CD back in the day, yeah. Yeah, which you could probably still find online rip, you know, to your computer as it is. Uh, oh, you definitely can, yeah. for sure. Like. I I have I can guarantee you can buy that. Well, I mean, you know, archive.org just fucking has everything, so um fuck. I've been working on um finding shows that I've actually been to. Um and that's like the extent of like my um but they're not even bootlegs anymore because the majority of them are like officially released stuff because like for example, like uh the last three times I saw Metallica, you could buy like the the download like night of after the show was done. Speaking of going to see Metallica brian can you please talk about it can you please talk (sighs) about the experience that you could pay for for what is it what is it a hundred and something dollars canadian so it's a hundred no so it's 115 american and it was 155 canadian and uh, so at the end of august the last saturday in august i think it was the 29th um you could pay 115 dollars per car to go sit in a driving theater and witness a quote-unquote live set which i think was Mm pre-recorded of uh metallica and they called it uh metallica pandemica and they had a whole merch line and i actually saw a video um from the one place in montreal uh, in the montreal area just right off the island that had the driving experience and i'll link you to it rob because it is just it's like the idiocy of like idiots just honking all night long while metallica plays oh fucking god that sounds like the most insufferable fucking performance to try to listen to with yeah like a bunch of idiots getting drunk in their cars and shit and and just no i i don't i don't need a drive-in theater to go listen to Lars fuck up all night. I I just don't exactly. need that. And and the kind of like gift that they were dangling in front of was a uh, a free a download for uh, Metallica's S and M two. Why do we need another S and M? I sat through it, and they should have picked wholly different songs from the first one if that's what you want to do. Like, don't even bother doing the ones that already exist that are way better. Yeah, um, I would say that. The first SNM, because I had a friend that was totally about that album. They're like, oh man, this totally changed my mind about Metallica. I was like, it's 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 not bad. Okay, it's it's kinda good. But like, no. Just go yeah. fuck off. Just just yeah. just fuck right off. Like I can understand when I have sentimental feelings about an album. Like, well, I that, the funny thing uh, about that is that we're about to get into a section all about that, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. This this will totally lean into that. But it's just like I know that the Division Bell is not Pink Floyd's <laughs> best album. I know that. I still love that album just because it was so different from most of Pink Floyd. Everybody was talking about like. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, the wall is amazing. Like, and then there are those people pretending to simp for animals because they're trying to make themselves wow. out to be different. Okay, so uh, it's funny you should mention that because I finally got into that album this summer, and it, it, while it is a very good Pink Floyd album, it is not nearly my favorite. But I was actually going to say. I finally sat down and actually listened to what was going on in that album and loved it. So I think uh, we might be at odds a little bit here. I'm not saying that it's not good. I think it's probably 
their most underrated album and then you know you get you always have those okay so i i rescind my my desire to add you to my kill list okay good good uh i i hate those idiots that are like oh man umaguma is totally underrated like no, yeah no no, no no you know what you can take your saucer full of secrets and get it out of my fucking face because i don't fucking want it you can you can get the fuck out with that but so yeah, a few a few weeks ago, my uh, uh, friend who's also a coworker, so coworker slash friend, I guess friend, right? Because like, if you see them okay, outside okay, of work, let's they're get friend. The distinctions here, right, Brian? Is this? Would you? Let's go through the mental checklist for what a friend is. Is this a friend here? I'd say yes because we we uh, hang out outside of work. We go to shows together. That's that's friendship material right there. That is yeah. what a friend is. Yes. So we do this thing where we listen to uh, albums and uh, uh, tandemly while working. Right. So we threw on the Piper at the Gates of Dawn recently uh, because it was like the what is it like fifty third anniversary or forty third anniversary of it um, in early August. And let me tell you that is not a good record. Not apart from like a uh, uh, Astronomy Domine and like uh, Interstellar Overdrive. That is not a good record. I think a lot of people have this supreme uh, opinion about Sid Barrett and his place in music history. And I will tell you, I think Sid Barrett recorded music solo better than he did with Pink Floyd. Yeah. Yes. It's probably not the best opinion, but Madcap Laughs, pretty fucking good record. I'd fucking go and listen to that again and... uh, I I, do. I feel like Sid, I feel like Sid Barrett in, in Pink Floyd uh, was really good at gesture slash court music, mm-hmm. like um, versus like his solo stuff, which is a bit more varied in tone and things. I think they were also a band still trying to figure out who the fuck they were. Like they named themselves after two blues musicians, and there was like maybe like one or two actual blues tracks that they ever really recorded. And one of them, you know, Jug Band Blues is kind of meh. It's just yeah, oh, okay, cool. It's it's nothing spectacular, but I think Sid Barrett's memory served that band better than his actual music and Well, hey, we got Wish You Were Here. Out yeah, there, exactly. Right? So. It it led to one of the greatest I'll call it a tribute album because that's really what it is. Yeah. Wish You yeah, Were Here yeah. is the the tribute album because I mean, you could pretty much find Sid Barrett all over that album except for maybe, you know, like yeah, you could see it a have little a bit and, and have a cigar and welcome to the machine. Yeah, but like, uh, but even then, I feel like welcome to the machine may be an allusion to not like yes, dealing with the record industry, but also maybe just disillusionment in general. Yeah, yeah, that's that's completely fair. But like, I think that's the thing is like, you have these two monster tracks that cushion together these three other songs. One of which is like one of the most amazing songs ever written, just as it an acoustic masterpiece probably the greatest acoustic song ever written and you know i like over the hills and far away but it's got that electric you know portion to it but like wish you were here's the kind of song that will not betray you that um guess what it sees you and it gets that like disconnect between you and everybody else and it's like yeah (laughs) i'm there man just just groove with us for a little while. Groove with us for five minutes. I uh, I wholly agree that yeah, I'd say it's like a it's like a god tier in terms of like acoustic tracks that I would I'd love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's it, fuck man, it's 
fucking up there, you know? And Before I forget, I don't know if I ever told you this anecdote, but I, um, when I was younger, the first time I heard the song, the lines like, um, did you exchange a walk-on part in a war for a lead role in a cage? I thought lead role was, I thought he had said Negro. <laughs> Oh my fucking and God. I was just wholly offended. I was like, "What? Like, uh, I, like I understand this was written in the seventies, but like, and so like I had to go online to look up the lyrics to make sure I had misheard, and thankfully I had. But it was, it was very confusing to to like thirteen year old me. Young Brian Hasty was conflicted, and I'm glad young Brian Hasty did his research. Very yeah. good, very good on you, but I mean, sir. It, the like I think this might be one of the greatest four album runs of all time from Dark Side to Wish You Were Here to Animals to the Wall, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, I, like I completely I, agree. Um and you also have um I give the final cut it's um it's not anywhere close to the quality of those records that you just listed off, but I think yeah. there's a special place for it and it's it's an album that I've had to come back on. I remember buying it when I worked at uh, Ames Department Store back in the uh, early 2000s, and I was just into collecting, you know, every Pink Floyd album that was out at the time. I was into going to FYE in the fucking Plattsburgh Mall and overpaying for the fucking copy of Umaguma because it's like, oh, you got to complete your fandom. But like, so Rob, we've we've shopped at the same FYE. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I did you shop at it when everything was outrageously overpriced, or did you shop? No, at no. It? This oh. this was like uh uh yeah, I'd probably say like uh like ten years ago. Let's say like fifty like 50, ten to fifteen years ago, max max. Yeah, that's when CDs got more reasonable. You weren't paying like twenty two dollars for a new release. You were paying no, more no. closer to like twelve. Yeah. Yeah, but I was going there for all of the used stuff. So I actually bought the um, the unsolved mysteries like a uh, treasure chest box yeah. set, which was out of print at the time for a hundred bucks. Oh, fuck, that's a that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, they they rip you off every single time, but they'll overcharge people for the stuff that they rip off from others. It's a, it's, yeah. <laughs> and you wonder why they went out of business in the Plattsburgh Mall. And uh, are they even still a business anymore? I I don't even know but uh, we could use the the internet but we don't really give a shit right so. uh we've uh no we we've entered don't give a shit land and which is completely fine i'm, I'm totally so, fine by that before i forget two honorable mentions from this summer which is of course static x's project regeneration volume one and see there's c vis pacem parabellum which is uh, latin for if you want peace prepare for war the angsty teen and me uh really enjoy these two records you you really did you really did um yeah how could you how could you not mention run the jewels though you... Oh, fuck. That is quite true. I completely forgot. Here's the thing. I get that we're, we're all in quarantine. There are a lot of albums that I think have slipped from wow. people's... Wow, so, yeah. Can we, go, can we go through some of the albums that has slipped through people's minds? So, yeah, you got RTJ4. That's definitely fucking up there. Uh, I'm, go, I'm just going to go through my, my list. Uh, how many people Kay. forgot that Jason Isbell put out a record this year? It and, was so good. And, it's, and it's, it's a fucking banger fucking record. Or Fiona Apple put out a record. Oh, yeah. That, Fashion that, Bolt Cutters, too. Yeah, that fucking Anthony Fantano idiotically gave like a 6 out of 10 because he's a fucking Fool. idiot. And uh, he becomes less credible as years uh, go by. So... Um, Let's see what what else. What oh, else? so here's one that I want to talk about is uh, uh, Dulipa's Future Nostalgia. I'm still listening to that on a nearly daily basis. Mm-hmm. It is such a good, well crafted pop album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Pine Grove fucking put out yeah. another great fucking record, uh, Marigold, which is uh, absolutely amazing. And the fact that they put the tabs online 
without any direction to their fans and said, hey, why don't you go recreate our songs and see what they sound like? And and that was a cool-ass project. Uh, that was, like, one of the cool things that um, that uh, NPR did in the in an interview that I listened to, one of the last interviews I listened to because uh, I, I, I'm done with NPR, uh, to be honest with you. Um, Shots fired. Y- you know, y- you gotta you gotta do it when you gotta do it. Uh, fucking body count put out an album this year. God damn! Hell it. yeah, it was actually really good too. Yeah, uh, I like how like the first uh, track is a diss track for fucking carnival for uh, vegans. It's great. Um, uh, nothing against vegans, but uh, just, man, it's just fun to listen to. Yeah, it's absolutely fun to listen to. Uh, I will say there are some toxic vegans on TikTok, and uh, uh, fuck those people. Fuck those. God damn people. I, I, I can't even believe I'm fucking saying that. Fucking Huey Lewis in the news had the saddest record of the fucking year. And uh, God damn. Fuck. Did you listen to that Bob Dylan album that was not really good? Nope. I did not bring myself to do it. Because it was uh, it was not a good album, Rob. No, just was, as an FYI, it was it was. Uh, well, I mean, we talked about their the the JFK track, right? That lasted way too long. Oh God, so so fucking long. I I assume that he uh, he read or he watched eleven twenty two sixty three, and he's like, oh man, I got to turn this into a song, and then he just completely fucking failed in uh, every fucking. Oh, uh, we can't forget about the worst Green Day album that ever fucking can ever fucking. Also, released. the thankfully the shortest Green Day album. Right, it's barely 25 minutes from what I remember. Uh, it was the longest 25 minutes uh, ever. Uh, fuck our our friends, uh, Big Cats and Lily Eliza fucking yeah. came out with a, a. Oh boy, it's gonna be an album that's in like my top 10 for the end of the year because it's so fucking great and I listened to, listened to it so many times that it fucking broke me. Uh, fuck Breaking Benjamin, they put out a fucking <laughs> whatever the album. fuck that was. Yeah, an acoustic album with all star friends, including Scooter Ward of Cold. <laughs> I love that name. I love saying it. It's just such a fun name to say. Um, fucking Drive by Trucker said the most prescient album of the year with the unraveling and yeah, yeah. Uh, I, they didn't even know it at the time. Fucking Mac Miller's last album came out this year. Uh, Eminem had one of the worst albums of his career come out this year. I gave it two and a half stars. That's probably a little too generous. That is very generous because he appears on a new Big Sean um, album, Detroit 2, as part of a cipher, and his verse there is better than his entire album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, Selena Gomez had a pretty fucking good album this year. Absolutely. Yeah, um, That that's that's where we're at. That This is uh, a brief 2020 uh, recap for you because I know we've been gone for a while and I think that's the closest we'll get to a um, the best albums of the year so far kind of thing because yeah uh, like, maybe maybe instead of doing like uh, albums you're friends with like maybe we'll say that for next episode and we'll just keep talking about albums that came out this year yeah <laughs> at this point yeah absolutely um so so Brian well, Chloe and Halley who are this great R&B duo put out um ungodly hour uh, in June or early July, I want to say, and that was an incredible album to listen to, especially like um, after the sunsets. Hundred Gex, I don't know if you care about Hundred Gex at all, but mm. they they put out a remix um, featuring Fall Out Boy on their songs. It was very weird to listen to. That yeah, like just the idea of that is is just very fucking weird, like all all the way around. And holy fuck, yeah. Um, I I haven't I haven't totally listened to it. I gave it like a a, a brief kind of rundown like uh, a sampling of like the beginning of a few songs yeah it, 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 fuck 
Yeah. It's this weird thing, and it's funny. I don't know how I feel about this, but Vice recently wrote an article about the musical legacy of the uh, the uh, duo Broken Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a band who, uh, in their biggest hit, I guess, would be like Brie Brie, which is just, uh, it's trap beats and then um, kids with scene haircuts yelling, Brie Brie, don't cut, don't cut that pig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd like uh, everyone to listen to that. But the reason I mentioned that is because like um, a lot of people have been highlighting that the idea uh, of acts that are like alt pop, like Hunter Gex, liberally are taking from from uh, the legacy that Broken Side has created. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think like the best musical events of the year are the ones that uh, I just like that are on TikTok that have become these huge fucking things like this the remix of this is american congratulations probably one of the best fucking remixed songs that you will hear all year you can find it on youtube it's like two minutes and 19 seconds and like holy fuck is it an anthem for the shit that's been you know going on all fucking summer and uh fuck yeah it was so good i ripped it off youtube so i could put it on my phone because that's where we're at (laughs) real old school Real fucking old school, man. Just like, you know, I probably got viruses on my computer for trying to rip that audio off of a YouTube link. So, you know, just so great. Did you hear that uh, the TikTok anthem, uh, Fuck 2020 by Avenue Beat? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that has actually been on the radio here recently. That's amazing. That That is fucking amazing. Uh, the thing is, is if you spend, like... If you spend a couple days on TikTok and you go and look at the Billboard Hot 100 and you look at the top 10 tracks, they're all heavy features on TikTok. All of them. Well, the St. The Saint John, uh, the remix of Roses started mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, Jason Derulo's like, resurgent career, um, holy th- thanks to TikTok, I- I'd probably say. Oh, whole completely. Dude makes like fucking 60 grand when he promotes something in a TikTok. Like fuck jason derulo but you know whatever like he's the guy that is famous because his name was like at the beginning of a song great yeah (laughs) also i never realized this till i watch a compilation of his his chart history but he samples or like um, interpolates a lot of um uh choruses to like famous 80s songs and i never realized how many he's done it's Mm -hmm. kind of insane it is kind of insane it's uh i think it's like a copyright problem for him now you know it's just a problem yeah but at least he's not problematic. Like, let's get that out of the way. Uh, yeah. Is he my go-to artist of 2020? No, but he's not an issue to me. No. Like, um, you know, I think the the biggest event of the summer is probably going to be WAP, you know, just because yes. of its popularity. And and one of the singers on that is uh, has a problematic past in the way that she has... Um, the shit that she has said she has done to guys, which uh, is... Uh, uh, well, yes, uh, uh, scamming, next level scamming. Yeah, let's put it that way to be much. nice about it. Yeah, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the uh, Black Eyed Peas put on an album in June that's quite good. It's called Translation, and it's very, very good. Is it got Fergie? And I on don't. It? No, uh, that's probably why it's good. Uh, but the because yeah they had put an album a couple of years ago that didn't have her on there, and uh, it, it definitely um, they steal a lot of uh, reggaeton like uh, mainstays. Um, to appear on the album, mm-hmm. but I actually feel like beat wise, it's actually not awful. I'll have to check it out. I'll, I'll definitely. I, add I it to actually the list. do think you wouldn't mind it. Oh. I'm gonna kind of throw it out there. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of reggaeton and like Latin trap on there. Mm. Uh, I think my biggest um, 
pet peeve of 2020 music wise so far is the uh blake shelton gwen stefani uh collaborative uh, tracks i am uh, over them i am fucking uh, over them we've gotten two and they are both bad and um no like no yeah but on this on the second one so happy anywhere she doesn't like she is like a background vocalist on the chorus right like she doesn't really have lines versus like nobody but you is Uh, insufferable it's bad it's so bad it's so fucking bad brian i uh i wholly endorse uh your uh viewpoint on this it's just uh, here's the here's what i will say um about country music in um 2020 in especially the last few weeks if you look at the um the hot uh country chart which is like it's kind of the main chart that tracks everything in country music you know streams downloads all that shit radio play and and uh the top three spots uh on this chart right now are all by women and they've all like held those spots for like long periods of time except for last week when morgan wallen had a debut number one which i haven't seen in like a long ass time and then that that thing dropped to like number um seven which is kind of funny because it's a song called seven summers but um (laughs) yeah uh your top three um gabby barrett i hope um Maddie and Tay, Die from a Broken Heart, which is a, a great fucking song. And The Bones by Baron Morris, which was like number one is, for over yeah, 10 which weeks. Is, it, and it still like has tons of life. It's funny because I Hope has a um, a lot of crossover here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but it's playing on the pop stations here too, which I am not mad at all. No, it's a, it's a fucking banger, like cheater song. It's a, it's just so great. So fucking great. Um, I love it. I love it. Um the uh, the award for artist that has given up on their career goes to Luke Bryan. He is uh, dude. I was his... literally, literally, uh, literally about to talk about uh, <laughs> his new album and my favorite song of all time, of course, and that is "Build Me a Daddy." <laughs> I literally this was uh, like in my mental note next is to talk about Luke Bryan's uh, descent into mediocrity, uh, wholly complete. Good luck with that. Like, um, I was I was actually supposed to see him this summer as part of a uh, country music fest that has been moved to next year, and we'll see whether or not we go. But yeah, his his half hour album "Born Here, Live Here, Die Here," whereas like um uh, the first single from that came out a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that is not uh, not hot at all. Yeah, exactly. And uh, holy god, it's a, just it's a bunch of garbage. It's like if middle of the road went middle of the road, then this is what this album is like. His uh, big hit right now is uh, "One Margarita," which is I think like in the top six or whatever on the charts, and it's just like, dude. Uh, could somebody just let him in to the opera? Just fucking bite the fucking bullet. He's done enough for give the baby the bottle. Yeah, come on. He he's he's bringing in the ladies with that fucking tight ass. Come on, just give him something. Yeah, I'm looking at the track list, right? So there's Knockin' Boots, which was a single that came out in 2019. Yep. Um, it was the first single a year and a half ago. Yep. Uh, what She Wants Tonight came out October 2019, if memory serves correctly. Yep. Uh, One Margarita, which is the current single. And uh, Born Here, Live Here, Die Here, the title track, which is uh, the like the epitome of mediocrity. And of course, the greatest song of all time, Build Me a Daddy, <laughs> which came out in June. Uh, I have to pull up the lyrics here, Rob, because like this is just... I, I've got to ask, how does... You know, because uh, of... Uh, in your household, you know, Stephanie is definitely the uh, Luke Bryan head in your in yes. your household. How does she feel about this uh, this song? 
So she likes knocking boots and she likes one margarita. But as soon as we heard uh, build me a daddy, uh, that's where the train ended here. Uh, Rob, the course goes, could you build me a daddy strong as Superman? Make him 10 feet tall with a southern drawl and a crooked smile. If you can, I sure miss him. Maybe you could bring him back. If I walked in with him, I'd make sure it sure make mama happy if you could build me a daddy. So I guess this is the story of a kid who's lost his dad, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, wants the man in the toy store to build him a daddy. So, so like, I could see how that could be done properly and, and be a good song. And this is not it. Uh, I think the, the, the best version of that song is He Didn't Have to Be by Brad Paisley. Like, nobody has ever topped it. Nobody has even come close to trying to top that fucking song. And for, uh, like, the first single that he ever released, you know, for Middle of the Road Country, it's still a fucking banger that I wouldn't mind hearing at a Brad Paisley concert because i've been to see brad paisley and he puts on a fucking hell of a show i went to the h2o tour and let me tell you the man at the beginning of the performance came out of a fucking pool and it was fucking amazing (laughs) it was fucking amazing and like this concert experience from top to bottom like he had a bunch of bands that he brought with him on this big ass tour and they were playing like these uh they had these smaller stages like set up all around the uh saratoga performing arts center and you know some of them were pretty good i enjoyed them i i went and listened to their music and it was pretty good so the uh the three main artists uh justin moore when justin moore had put out his first album which uh you know uh, Justin Moore has come a long way. He um, was something about a truck as first album. Uh, n- no, right? No. Okay. No. Because uh, I saw him open for Toby Keith uh, in 2013, and something about a truck was like the biggest anthem. It was um, his uh, his debut album was um, you know his self titled album. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. But um, you had Justin Moore, then you had Darius Rucker. Fucking bringing down the house. Darius Rucker had an intro video because he's from North Carolina. He got Ric Flair to do an intro video for him. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I was like, holy fuck. Why'd he get Rob, bef- before I forget, have you heard the new Darius Rucker single? I haven't. I, I haven't. Okay, it's called, it's called Beers and Sunshine, and I'm going to quote the lyrics, and I'm not sure if it's 100% right, but... Uh, uh, the lead-in to the course, or the course itself, is the only BS I need is beers and sunshine. Listen, uh, holy fuck, man, holy fuck! And you're this—that's definitely a guy who just came off of the year when he was touring with Udi and the Blowfish. You could tell. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Rob. By the way, this uh, our, our Spotify playlist for this episode is going to be massive. I feel like. Oh, it's dude. This thing's going to be puking. It's just going to pray be- for JoJo yeah. um, to quote the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, man, that, that so yeah, so 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 seeing Darius Rucker and then seeing uh, Brad Paisley come out of a pool. Yeah, he came out of a fucking pool and he started to play water. And uh, you know, I I now know what it f- must feel like for people to step into a mega church. Except uh, you know, it's uh, it's Brad Paisley and he and he took me to Music City, and I appreciate that. I unfortunately, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I went to a mega church once in Texas, and uh, uh, you're probably not off the mark. I'm sure, like people just walk in there and they faint. The the uh, are you talking about the church or the Brad Paisley concert? Because I can see both scenarios working out here. Uh, definitely the church. Like I think people, you know, there might be a few people that would have fainted. I imagine there were more people fainting at that Dirk Bentley concert that I went to because you know. Um, 
it's Dirk's Bentley, and he's you know rugged, and he didn't. He's share. probably like yeah, he's like he's god tier, like good looking country superstar. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that didn't uh, you know during the birthing process didn't share any of his good looks with anybody, and he kept them all for himself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the kind of guy we're talking about. And uh, unlike unlike Blake Shelton, who I feel has the look of a a, a sad hound dog. <laughs> That's perfect, because, like, uh, how many albums, uh, there's a couple album covers that he had with the Sound Dog, and... Uh, exactly, and there's a familial resemblance there. Yeah, exactly. Like, sir, are you part, um, I don't know, Mastiff or something? Tell me. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. He's, like, the shitty missing link. Like, if we're going to talk about the missing link being, like, you know, like, Bigfoot or whatever, like a cryptid, he's, like, the, the awful white trash version of the missing link. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, especially with his height. It's, it's, a, it's a guaranteed thing. So, uh, I just realized, next summer, in theory, I will get to see Luke Bryan and Brad Paisley. So, I'm wondering if I get back-to-back daddy songs. Holy fuck. Oh, man. Oh, if I man. do, I'm I'm for sure gonna message you as this is happening. You, you, you need to fucking message me because like, how many fucking kids with daddy issues are just gonna be like sobbing, sobbing, and like I hope there's at least like you know like my experience in concerts. I hope there's a, a a tiny woman chasing some really big dude in the audience for you, so you can experience what that is like because it's it, it's really. Like one of the best things ever. Um, is it wrong to point and laugh? No, no. At a concert, because uh, like there have been some instances where I just I I felt the need to. Like I, uh, I went to a heavy metal fest last summer and I saw the world's shittiest Bart Simpson tattoo. Oh God! Oh God! And uh, um, one of the headliners was Godsmack, and I did not enjoy hearing their army recruitment ad awake. Right, because they licensed that to the army for a while. Yeah, they did, didn't they? That was that was weird. Um. I think uh, I got out at a good time because uh, my, one of my uh, former best friends, he kept um, quoting the lyrics to speak at us all the time until we punched <laughs> him in the face. He'd just like, speak, speak, speak the truth. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking level you right now. Like, I, you are, you, you've seen those buildings of, or those videos of buildings of coming down. It's going to yeah. be you, pal. Just bricks on the floor. Also, like, uh, the uh, song title, Crying Like a Bitch, uh, really sucks when you realize it's not ironic, but uh, or like a female empowerment anthem, but really just uh, uh, Sully Erna just complaining a lot. The only thing I've ever liked from Godsmack was Other Side, and let's let's be honest, Other Side is just a ripoff of Jar of Flies. Yes. Because that's what Godsmack has uh, done their entire also career. Also, the funniest thing from what I remember on there is their acoustic version of Wake was called Sleep. Yes. On the on yeah. other side. And I thought that was actually the funniest, most genius thing they've ever done. Yeah. I completely agree. It was a troll and I loved it. All right, Rob, let's let's clear the bad taste of our mouths. If there's one song from this summer that you could sort of like recommend to people, like what would it be? One one song. Um Man. That perhaps we haven't mentioned yet because I have one in mind that I really enjoy um, that I want more people to enjoy and that is Gojira's Another World. Oh, that's a that's a banger of a track, man. So I want to throw that out there as like a way to like sort of like cleanse the palate, move on from from uh, you know uh, uh, talking shit about Build Me uh, a Daddy. I think I have to go traditional sad bastard, um, and this isn't a, this isn't a new track, but given the recent. Um, Recent shit, recent uh, bad stuff that has happened in the music world. Uh, the music world uh, lost uh, Justin Townsend, and 
I I, I kind of have this love hate relationship with his uh, discography. I think most of it's good. I think there's a couple things in there that are okay, and I think one of the things that I noticed online with a lot of the artists that were uh, sharing their you know uh, memories of him is that he seemed to be in a bad place before he died, and right. just that a lot of people didn't reconnect with him. And and like I'm not saying that's how he died or why he died or whatever. I we don't even know at this point what the cause of death is. Um, but well, yeah, unfortunately, it's just like a paratrip frontman Riley Gale, right? Like, unfortunately, he passed a couple weeks ago, and it's not quite clear what happened. He died in his sleep. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, but uh, paratrip were definitely a band on the way up too, right? So yeah, but uh, if you want like a, a perfect late night going for a stroll kind of song. Just uh, just throw on Rogers Park by uh, Justin Townsend, and it's just uh, it's just this great like fucking song that uh, it, it really is the epitome of taking a late night walk when you can't fucking sleep. Perfect, perfect so, song for that. Really, a fitting coda. Uh, wait for applause um, for an episode all about um, summer tunes. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We're all going to look back at 2020 and realize that um, there's nothing good about it. No, nothing at all. No. Nothing. No. There's... Uh, I I have a nephew. Like, he, he was born during the pandemic, so I feel like that's the only thing that I'm I'm rooting for this year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we're we're going to put that one on the wood board. Um, okay, so let's put that as an asterisk then, because, yeah, largely yep. I, I wholly agree with you. Yeah, other, other than that... Um, yeah, this this year is not salvageable. Like looking <laughs> at the artists that we lost and this is no knock on your nephew, but I feel I feel like your nephew is going to be forever that kid who was born in 2020. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh man, that um that can't be easy going forward. Like there's going to be a whole new set of anxiety that comes with that. Absolutely. But uh just just looking at the artists that we've lost, like Joe Diffie, uh, we've we've lost um, fucking John Prine. We've uh, like, I'm sure I would have. I've, I've recognized Hal Wilner's music and a lot of things, and you know, uh, a friend of mine was close with him. So he, uh, fuck man, it's just. It's just, it's the year that fucking piled on and piled on and just fucking kept piling on and I I, I fucking hate it for that, so. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like, we lost a little Richard, for example, Betty Wright. Yeah. I'm just trying to scratch my brain, trying to figure out other people we've lost too, but those are the two that are top of mind for me because I've listened to a lot of their music. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, speaking of country, like, Verilyn, Tammy Lynn. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, strangely enough, and I can't believe I'm about to say this because this ties into everything, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Daniels, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and then what did we get out of that? A fucking corn cover of The Devil Went Down in Georgia starring Yellow Wolf. And then uh, the week after, a cover by Nickelback of The Devil Went Down in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I, I, I Another one that really hit me hard was... Uh, Adam Schlesinger from uh, yeah. Wayne. Like Fountain's That Wayne, one yeah. was... Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like a lot of people didn't realize... The genius that went behind the the music that uh, you know he put together and everything and you know especially uh, like uh, his TV projects even Fountains sure. of well, Wayne like Fountains well, of Wayne like 
yeah, my wife's one of my wife's favorite movies is that thing you do, right? And yeah. he he had a major hand in all of that, so it mm-hmm. was definitely like a really crushing blow to to find that out. Yeah, absolutely. Like probably the only band that could get away the rest of their career if they really wanted to making these great punk pop songs because that's what they did that's that's what they fucking did so uh last word here go listen to that corn cover of the devil went down to georgia and Mm -hmm. then go listen to the superior cover of the devil went down to georgia by nickelback and Mm -hmm. it's actually a good track rob deal with it i you know man i i'm worn down on nickelback um with the exception of the um songs about dudes that can't leave their girlfriends because they like the way that they suck their dick um you know <laughs> like i i i'm completely okay with nickelback at this point or their their cover of uh, zz top sharp dress man oh god that's right i'm bringing it all back uh you can send all of your thoughts and prayers over on twitter uh at uh, the code of podcast one word you can also hit us up uh, on instagram where we'll be posting uh semi-regularly hopefully uh, as uh, at coda underscore podcast and also if you want to email us your hate your kill lists whatever you want us to to send our way to put us on a government list you can do so at the codacast at uh, gmail.com right rob yeah absolutely um you know if we get enough of them we'll read your hot takes out on the oh yeah. yeah we'll read all of your musical hot takes yeah absolutely just uh yeah codecast gmail.com just send them to us so this is it for episode 15 of the coda podcast and as always don't forget to keep the, uh, the cans on i'm gonna retake that rob <laughs> uh and as always don't forget to keep the cans on there we go mm-hmm.